Welcome to Stu's EV Universe, where you can find anything and everything electric vehicle. Today I have the pleasure of having Jason Hill, Chief of Design at Aptera. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Jason. Thank you. It's really great to be here and I appreciate you reaching out. Yeah, yeah. I am super, super excited about this. I, I guess you would sort of have to be living under a rock to not know what Aptera is, especially uh, our audience. We're all about electric vehicles. But I guess in just a few words, can you tell folks that may not know about Aptera, what, what is Aptera? Uh, sure. Um, great opening question. Uh, Aptera is a vehicle that is has been designed and engineered for the most efficient use of available electricity from the grid, supplemented with solar power, essentially free, um, and using that in order to have the best freedom and most efficient mobility possible for two passengers in a unique vehicle. Okay. Now, when did this all start? Uh, I mean, something like this doesn't happen overnight. Can you kind of talk about uh, the very early days and, and kind of move towards where we are right now? Sure. Yeah, the, um, the, the overarching theme is that uh, there's, there's two co-founders, um, one with the idea of the vehicle and one with the idea of the process and how to uh, make it lightweight and super strong. Um, they came together and kind of put out a call to, um, you know, get this vehicle and this company started. These are Steve Ambro and Chris Anthony. And they, they came up with a basic formula um, through their research of, of uh, efficiency, especially in aerodynamics, and found this, this shape called a Morelli shape and wondered what that would be like in a vehicle sense. So in the mid 2000s, uh, they connected uh, with me and my background is in vehicle design and, and automotive design for both OEMs and, and, and startups. Uh, they formed a company. They, got, they raised a lot of money. They got pretty far down the runway with uh, the goals. But it was a little bit ahead of its time. And it, was, you know, it peaked out with uh, the financial crisis and then the inability uh, at a certain point. They actually got pushed out and pushed to the side. Um, so the company was... Uh, essentially shuttered. It was not bankrupt. Uh, they just they dissolved the company and sold off the you know properties and stuff. Um, some time went by. The founders, the original founders, after their business uh, you know careers, took them in different directions. They they approached me with the idea of restarting, and I said, yeah, absolutely, because the, if anything, we have a, a much better chance now because of the technology and the avail availability of things. At a, at a more attainable cost and there's infrastructure, there's supply chain base, you know, all these things were coming together and they said, you know, we, we'd love to do this again. Um, so in 2019, re reformed the company with some of the original IP and began to, you know, fundraise towards the goal, which we're at now, which is a, we have a producible production design on the cusp of, uh, uh being manufactured. And it, it kind of follows an arc of a story that, you know, rises, then there's a troublesome point and the founders get pushed aside. They re recapture basically the spirit and the goal and the company and restart it. Um, 
it's been a wonderful journey for, you know, on a personal side, but also the professional side to see how far we've, we've come. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really interesting, I guess, to kind of, you know, attach on to a couple of those things, the inspiration for the design, you, you mentioned, uh, something that's kind of foreign to me. Um, what was the inspiration? Is this something that's coming from nature or, and, and why, you know, it, um, it, it really, you know, I've talked to other people about it, showed them pictures and some, some people will say it, it sort of looks like an insect or, you know, it's just very streamlined, sure. uh, very grace, graceful, you know. What was the inspiration for the design and why? Um, there's a couple of reasons that, that get us there. One is there is a natural inspiration and it's something that um, dolphins exhibit um, when they are close to the ground uh, at, after, after prey, essentially. Um, they camber their body. Right? And they do that because they're in ground effect. They're not in the free stream. Um, so there's a different relation, a relationship of how the fluid, in this case water, uh, relates to the, to the body and makes it, makes it efficiently you know, move forward. Um, same thing for in the air. When you're closer to the ground, you need what's called a cambered body. And this Morelli shape um, was developed for this exact reason. And it also... One thing is of note is that it's, this is a side-by-side -side seating arrangement, which is much more comfortable for the end user. We could, we could be extremely efficient with a tandem, you know, a front four-aft seating, but it's just not as relatable um, to a broader audience that we're, we're aiming for. So between the nature, between the science and the, and the, you know, the execution, and then you want, it, you, know, you, want, you want a smooth sculpture. You don't want to annoy the air. You want to help the air get back to its uh, stability, essentially. As, as, you, as you penetrate it, you disturb it, and you want to return it to its, its happy state as quickly as possible. That's why it's long. That's why the taper tail. That's why it's cambered underneath. You know, it's, it's a multitude of those things. And I really like the idea of, of kind of mirroring or looking to, to nature. I mean, I, I kind of think back to like Buckminster Fuller, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the geodesic dome. Mm -hmm. um, he had a, a, a three-wheeled Dymaxion vehicle sure. a long time ago that, um, you know, he was trying to, to put together. I think that uh, we can learn a lot from nature. So to embrace that, that, that seems like a, a very smart thing to do. Now, my background's marketing. So uh, I'm kind of wondering how the design influences the perceived use of Aptera. I've seen uh, photos of it with really cool looking with, with the tent, you know, uh, attached to it. Um, so kind of the idea of Aptera as an adventure vehicle um, has been something that's been talked a lot about. Yes. And I'll, I'll hit two points there. One is the nature. Um, you know, nature in, in many aspects is, is extremely efficient. And mankind has a long way to go to reach nature's efficiency. But that's the point. Na we're chasing nature's efficiency. Um, the second point is the, you know, the relation of the vehicle. And when you mentioned the tent, and, and that, that's one example, or just, just the pure vehicle as it is. The theme that I like to talk about is that this vehicle is, for an individual, it, it does something, right? There's an emotional response, which is why we have 41,000 plus interested parties and it's both left brain and right brain and it, it either becomes it's either a mirror and it's reflecting your fears or your 
uh, maybe intelligence or maybe, you know, maybe it's lack of understanding or it's a canvas. And the canvas part, you get to paint on, uh, you get to apply what you aspire to. Like, I want to go places and do things in that vehicle with the, with the least amount of energy possible. I want to take it camping or I want to take long trips or I want to just, I don't want to have to worry about stopping for energy because the energy is, is you know, all around me. Um, so that's the positioning that this type of vehicle brings, you know, it's either a canvas or a mirror. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and I mean, because again, going back to like adventure vehicle, I mean, Rivian, you know, people think of Rivian, they think of adventure vehicle, but it's very interesting to me that something like a three-wheeled vehicle that you all are producing can also be thought of that way and doesn't look like everything else on the road, which is, which is kind of refreshing. Um, I know a, um, a number of podcasts back, I had uh, spoke to someone, um, a college student, and one of the questions I had for him was, you know, what do you see as the future of mobility is very interested in electric vehicles. Um, he started an electric vehicle chapter in his state, which is pretty amazing for a college student, uh, really a, an overachiever. And he really liked the idea of these more lightweight, kind of versatile vehicles. Because we're living in a society where everybody's thinking bigger, 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 but it doesn't have to be that way. Correct. And, and with a vehicle like Aptera, you, you get a chance to do that without being bound by rules and regulations that you have to meet if you're a four-wheeled passenger vehicle of an established category. Right. Right. And they're very clear rules and they're very expensive to achieve, but you, you want to, you want companies to be in that space and you want com new companies to be in that space. Our vehicle fits in a different space and we're, we're using that as a springboard to apply the methodology of the, of the composite structures the repeatability and the manufacturability, meaning, and that comes down to um, not hand-built and a very quick production time for the, for the main body or the body in carbon. Um, and then you, you're, I think backing up a little bit, you want to look at, and we want to elicit that kind of reaction in, in either customers or potential customers, like, oh, that would be a good for, and then you fill in the blank of what you want it to, to perform. It's not, we're not an automobile company. It's not an automobile. It's classified as an auto cycle or you know, technically a motorcycle. Um, but we have the opportunity here to use all the best engineering ethos, design ethos, efficiency ethos, and combine them in a product that has an appeal. It is not designed to solve everybody's issue because then we would have all kinds of other you know, things to deal with. Um, but we want to have a, on a very authentic product which reflects the authenticity of the process and the brand. Yeah, and I, I kind of always feel like there's not a perfect, ever a perfect vehicle. So I, I think it needs to speak to your needs and your desires. And uh, people do think of vehicles as being something that are extremely personal and perhaps says something about themselves. So that's, that's kind of an interesting thing right there. What you know, you were talking a little bit about the materials. Uh, there's some pretty interesting and, and different materials that are used uh, or could be used on the Aptera. Uh, yeah, I mean, starting with the structure, uh, you know, what is the lightest weight, strongest uh, metallic items that we need that hold the battery, the structural battery, 
a pack. Then you move out to the body and carbon, which is essentially the body and carbon is the main part that everything connects to. So you have to get that right first. And that is made of six key parts that come from this process called um, SMC, sheet molding compound, and it's either carbon fiber or glass fiber. So it's this, it's not a woven cloth like composites normally, like a fiberglass or a carbon fiber. They're not woven. They're kind of random strands that are put in this compound and then they're pressed together almost like a waffle iron. And very quickly you have a, you have a full part with an easy trimming operation and the material can then be recycled. So we have these six key parts that can come together or come out of the molds very quickly. Then they key together in, and are bonded together. Now you have a dimensionally stable cell or frame, which the doors and the hatch and the, the solar panels and the hood and the, uh, the rear wheel skirt can all essentially attach to. So, and we, we can eliminate, you know, some crazy ratio of complexity in, in traditional versus a traditional like metallic uh, automobile or vehicle body. So those are the those are the basic materials which make up the the body and carbon. There is a need to protect for uh, UV, um, but we have we don't need that on the entire upper half of the vehicle because it's either covered in solar panels or you've got the the glass windshield. Um, and then the bottom is uh, is a metallic aluminum belly pan which is part of our uh, cooling system. And then so you're left with around 35% of the vehicle that needs basically a finish. And you want to, you know, because you don't want the, the sunlight to degrade the strength of the material. So the most efficient way to do that, and also the best benefit for the environment, is to use a, a film, which will give you, let's say, an aesthetic finish, but also protect from that. And it's replaceable. We know the weight of it. And we don't have to spend, you know, 40% of our capital in the factory setting up a quote unquote paint line or paint booth. Um, so that's, the, you know, a couple ways to win there. Now there's other areas that we're going to leave exposed because they won't have the UV, um, they won't sit baking in under the sun as much because the material itself is very beautiful. And carbon fiber, whether it's woven or, or this kind of pressed or sometimes we, it's called crushed carbon too, a carbon fiber is the only plastic that that consumers or the public says that's high end. That's a that's a luxury look, or you know, it's not cheap plastic. It's actually expensive. But the expense of this process and these materials is on par with what the metallic elements would be. In other words, it's not expensive to do this raw material by kilogram, right? It's it's about the same as steel. So again, that the the Aptera represents a unique and quick way to establish a methodology on a vehicle type um, that we think is very unique. And without that uniqueness, we have to compete in a, either an established space or you have to have a differentiator, whether it's process or, or something, so that you're not just a, another quote-unquote right. vehicle, right? another car. Um, and then you know, there's some materials that are on the inside that are reflective of let's call it the, uh, the life cycle and the, you know, we used to call it like green. What are, what's the green materials? What are, is this recyclable? Is it made from something recyclable? Um, we're looking at a company, really interesting company. They, they harvest algae from like clogged lakes and, and ponds. 
they turn that into a foam and then that foam can you know, you make a yoga mm-hmm. mat. Um, so we're always looking for those materials that, that fit the story uh, because it's an authentic one that would uphold that uh, ethos of, of responsible and efficiency and, you know, like just environmentally sound. And it used to be, let's say, on the edge, but now we have access to a lot of those materials. P- leather made from pineapple husks, right? That's a, that's a perfect example. Well, that's very interesting. Yeah. And I, I think, again, it goes back to kind of a lifestyle choice and, and uh, looking at the vehicle kind of in a very holistic way. Yes. Now, um, Aptera, I mean, can you speak a little bit towards the, uh, the culture uh, at, at the company? You spoke a little bit about that earlier, but it's a smaller company. What are some of the advantages and disadvantages of that? And, and what is it like working there? Uh, excellent question. It is, it is a joy to work there because most people, well, not most, all the people are extremely passionate about not only the vehicle, but the, the whole mission and the whole, you know, the whole statement the vehicle makes, but it's much more than a vehicle. It's, it's about the efficiency of this process, but also the efficiency of mobility. I mean, and the fact that we're at the beginning where we're able to supplement mobility for free from the sun. It's not a hundred percent that we're using the sun, but we're starting to use the sun to make a meaningful impact. And if we project forward, it won't be too long until the sun's doing much more than we realize now. And it's, it's, you got to start somewhere and you have to, you can't just reach ahead. You have to reach way ahead and then let, let the future pull you forward. Yeah, I like that. Um, now, uh, being a designer, I guess there's a couple things. Um, are you interested in design for other things that are non-vehicle or, or you know, EV related? I mean, I think a lot of times designers can appreciate a, a good design of a chair or something for use of the kitchen. Does, you know, in your personal life, does that kind of show up? Sure, it it really does because uh, you, uh, as a designer, I get influence from everywhere and everything, and the the fun part and the creative part is to being able to to kind of transpose something that you've discovered over there and apply it uh, on that. And let me go back a little bit about your question about the culture yeah, of yeah. Aptera. Um, the because I, I I I veered off of that. I, I realized that um, there are. Again, there's so many passionate people and they all bring their interests, they all bring their expertise, their backgrounds and their um, optimism to the product. And they help, you know, to to craft this product to where it is and the company where it is. Um, the company is poised now. Everybody's you know been working for this day to move from a R&D, you know, kind of this is what we want to do to now we've put a stake in the ground with the launch edition and the, and the final production design that says, this is what we're going to do. This is what the capital requirements are. This is the methodology. These are the locations. And more importantly, we've, we've kind of gone through a process with supply chain where we meet with suppliers and you quickly figure out the ones who understand the mission, believe in the mission, and want to be part of the product because they can see the, the larger picture as well. So our corporate or company culture is one of our powers that helps us to make these relationships for, you know, outside the company, which allow you to 
you know, produce this vehicle without supply chain and a production methodology, we've got nothing, but now we have all of that ready to go. And that's, you know, that answers your question about the company culture. Um, but back to the influences, yeah, the, whether it's a chair, whether it's fashion, whether it's material science, um, you know, I was always influenced. This is why it's so personal to me. I was very influenced by the work um, in the 70s, human-powered vehicles, and especially uh, Dr. Paul McCready on AeroVironment when they won, I believe it was called the Kremer Prize, when they the first human-powered. Then there was another prize over the English Channel. And, but just they were using such pure, you know, methodology, and not being engineer, not being an engineer, um, I get I get to work with really great engineers, and you find the ones who have that that creativity that can solve problems. Because it sounds strange, but like essentially all problems are soluble, and when you, and designers are optimistic that well, you got to try. You know, sometimes engineers will do do the math right, and they'll say, "Well, it can't be done," and designers will kind of say, "Yeah, but we." We can, we can get close. We should try because you never know, right? And it's a really fun process. It's an amazing company to do this with on a small team and, and then partner with some of the, the resources. You know, we attract good talent and we also can partner with, out, uh, with outsourcing uh, places such as CPC Group in, in Modena and ETP Engineering in, in Torino that'll, that'll apply their manufacturing um, know-how to it. And it gives them a chance to learn. So we bring something to them and they bring some, and they learn something from us and vice versa. So it's a, it's a wonderful, um, a wonderful point for this company. Yeah. And it's sort of like, uh, I guess a balance of sorts, if you will, and bringing the arts into something that, um, I mean, I, I guess sort of like Apple, you know, with Steve jobs, he, you could have a computer and it can do what you need it to do. But Steve jobs said, well, what about fonts? Let's bring some personality to this. So that that's, has a lot of value right there. I mean, you know, you look in a parking lot these days and you see a lot of vehicles that are don't have a lot of personality, honestly. You know, um, to, regardless of the brand, a lot of them look alike, <laughs> you know. Um, yes. So that's something that, that yes. you bring to the table. It is. And yeah, there, there's utility, which you want, you know, you don't want to do style at the right. expense of utility. Um, and the way I have approached this, the way my team has approached this, the way the support from, from the founders and, and, and especially the engineers is let's start with the best way to do it and then apply, you know, some let's say judgment, right? Cause design, this is another statement that I, that I'm, that I favor that design is a collection of judgments. And when you combine the, the good design, good engineering, you end up with a style. You don't start with the style and try and fit that. That's what, that's what your parking lot is filled with. They've, it's a formula of a segment of a, you know, set dimensions and you give it some style. Great. That will give you, maybe a market segment, if you can connect with a product market fit. But with Aptera, we're in our own segment. So the style is only resulting from the purity of the process, right? And that, and then we found the appeal, broad-based, uh, over 40,000, or actually it's 41,000. Um, and we're getting the new investors with our accelerator program. So there's something happening here that is reflecting 
the authenticity of the product and the process. And that's that's the most exciting part. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, uh, I'm kind of wondering uh, a couple things. Just what do you drive? Um, I, I assume you have a car and, and um, it, what, what is your car right now? I do have a car. Um, I have a 2022 Model X from Tesla. Okay. And that I think will lead into my next question. What are some of the vehicles you admire from a design standpoint and some of some vehicle it doesn't have to be cars but some vehicle designers that you kind of admire uh in you know from today or even in the past sure i mean that's always a fun question because that you you can never as a designer you're never really satisfied however we can look at other things and say you know i appreciate that design there's some designs um without going into like too many specifics but there's some designs I can respect. I just would never want to drive, but they're kind of pure to either the style that they wanted to achieve, you know, or the, the, the other aspects of it. Like it might be very cost effective or it might be so expensive that it's a kind of unique, you know, one-off Fabergé egg type thing. Or, um, you know, there's a lot of places to, to look for that. As far as specific vehicles there, you know, I, I have a place in my uh, heart and head for utility vehicles that are born strictly out of the use. And this means, you know, you're kind of SUV four by four off road because they're, they do, they're designed for one thing and they're fairly pure in their execution, regardless of brand, right? Just in general, there's a pageantry to vehicles that we celebrate in the design world, but also in, you know, let's say the collector world or the, uh, you know, the car show world where we look back and we say, oh, this was the peak of elegance and you know, cars were so different back then. Well, yeah, compared to today. Um, but cars back then all looked like each other right. relatively and just like they do. But we've never had more choice in market segment of types of vehicles. And then as far as designers, you know, there's, there's people that have successfully done a product, a portfolio or a, a portfolio of products on behalf of a brand. And then there's successful designers like Jujaro who uh, did a variety of designs for different brands, but they all kind of, rem you know, he was very successful in selling the design and the engineering to these companies. And that gave them, you know, a, a, maybe a head start. He did that successfully for uh, Japan and Korea and uh, not only, and of course, all the Italian brands that he, that he worked for. So that's G Giorgetta Giugiaro, if, if you're wondering. And also his company was called Ital Design. And he got his start at Bertoni. So some of the original beautiful little Alpha series from the late 60s. Those were just gorgeous from an aesthetic and artistic standpoint. I don't know. You know I don't have a favorite vehicle. I respect a lot of different types of vehicles. Um, I, I spent five years working, no, so six years working at, at Porsche, uh, working for Porsche. And that was a really excellent insight, especially, and that, that was after working for Mercedes. Um, so Porsche really was a, you know, Porsche's not a design company. I mean, there's Porsche design, but that's a different animal. But Porsche is an engineering company that makes automobiles, but they have a really good relationship with design and style. And that really is, you know, fundamental to their past, um, but also their future. And their current portfolio is, is really appealing. Um, so I hope that answers, you know, some of the questions and or vehicles and designers that you're asking. Yeah, it does. And, and it is interesting that we are in a, a, a time when 
there are so many different types of vehicles out there for different uses, different sizes. I guess uh, thinking about sizes of vehicles, how does a vehicle like this, I mean, because it has some things, you know, it looks different. Uh, it has three wheels. What about the safety of the vehicle? I mean, we are in a time when there are so many SUVs on the road. Can you address the question about safety um, as far as materials and, and how is safety designed into a vehicle like this? Sure. I mean, let's start from the occupant um, you know, envelope first. You know, we, we've taken the best know-how of the requirements, seating position, head clearance, hip clearance, and then built the safety, you know, built the, the vehicle around that cell. Um, this is not a small vehicle. It's, you know, sometimes it's hard to get the sense of scale, which is always wonderful when people see a, uh, one of our prototypes in person and to, to kind of, they get a completely different relationship to just seeing it, let's say online or photos right. or whatever. Um, the, the structure through these materials and the way the structure comes together has been designed to, to the standards that you would expect of an, of a, an automobile class, right? Um, I, I'm not going to list the specific ones, but it's designed to have the same or actually exceed um, those standards such as roof crush, right? We, they've, the engineers in Italy and, and Carlsbad with Aptera have designed the structure to meet that standard um, as if it was a passenger vehicle. Um, and the materials allow us to do that in a much lighter way. So that helps for the efficiency. The aerodynamics and the shapes of the vehicle help for its stability. Um, you know, it's, it's not the lightweight aerodynamic vehicles that tip over in high wind states, you know, and, and interstates. It's always the larger flat-sided heavy vehicles. Um, then we've got the facts and this is safety is not my area of expertise, but I know that we're heading in the right direction based on my OEM experience. As far as, uh, again, occupant position, we have a, a passenger and a driver airbag. And those systems come from the supplier. They're tied into the sensor in the seat. They're tied into, you know, all the, the, the rest of the sensors that need to know when to deploy those airbags. Um, it has a three-point you know, standard safety belt system um, from an automotive supplier. Uh, we're, we've also done so much work on like sight lines, vision angles, and things like that. Then it comes down to other things like lighting. We want to demark the vehicle for others, but we also want to give the best lighting uh, for, for the user in nighttime driving conditions, right? You want to be able to see the road. And we've done that with a headlight that is the smallest, most lightweight, but also the best performing optically. Like we're, we're going to go crazy efficient on the optics. And then uh, it'll also, I think it's about 4x less energy for about 60% plus efficiency versus what is required by a motorcycle or an automobile mm -hmm. headlamp. Right. In this case, we have to meet a very strict motorcycle regulation. And we're, we're, we're just, pardon the pun, miles ahead in that, in that performance. Oh, it, it's also lighter weight. Right. Right. So that we have, we have like four metrics that cannot be touched. And when we start to do that, that's just the headlamp. When we start to do that in all areas of the vehicle. You can see how 
beyond a three-wheel vehicle, which we have less rolling resistance with three wheels, we could apply this same methodology to an entire category of vehicles beyond um, beyond this one. Yeah, and I, I, you know, you touched on something interesting because I know you've the company has brought the vehicle out to to show it a, a good amount lately, and I think it was. Uh, I spoke to some people that went to, I think it was Fully Charged Live, and that mm-hmm. was one of the things. Obviously, people were saying Aptera was a big, big highlight, but when you're able to get in the vehicle, get out of the vehicle, see the vehicle, it is a lot different than just seeing a photograph. And that, I mean, has that, that's, I imagine, changed some perceptions about the vehicle just by physically seeing it. Sure. Well, it's, it's confirmed it, which is like a kind of a fully charged event, but also added to it because then those people can, you know, let's say spread the word. Um, but that's exactly right. And I, I, I was not at fully charged because I think I was in Italy. Um, but that, yeah, that was a perfect event because we had completed Gamma, um, which is, Gamma was a snapshot in time. Like, hey, we've got the data matured to this level. Let's make a manifestation because it's, it's way better than alphas. Um, and we can, we can use that for exactly what it did at Fully Charged. It makes it real. It makes it believable. It, it, it confirms all the aspirations or the desires of, of the people who have pre-ordered to that point uh, or reserved. Um, it, also, it also shows that we're capable of going from a rough, let's say, rough prototype through an engineering and design phase to a more mature phase. And then what happened right after that, the decision on gammas, we, we begun with uh, the CPC uh, group and their resource ETP to engineer it to the next level. Um, let me bring it back to like that in-person thing. We took gamma over to Italy, actually it's still there. Um, and we were able to have that at CPC we were able to have the ETP people there, CPC, and other companies that are part of that ecosystem in uh, in the Motor Valley and in, in, in and throughout Italy. And these are companies that have just worked forever on amazing vehicles. And first, we have CPC and ETP, and they had nothing to do with Gamma. They they knew us um, from only from the work that we've been doing with them. So they're working on what we call the Delta phase, uh, which we've just completed with them, and. For them to see Gamma in person and to, for me to watch their reactions was fantastic because they they were just like, this is awesome. And they're working on the one that's actually going to be produced. So let me frame it this way. Most companies, uh, and I was part of this world for a long time, you have, you have a concept car or a show car, right? You have these vehicles that are really fantastic. They might be introducing ideas, materials, you know, market segments, whatever it is. And then some years later, the production version, there's a name, there's a color, maybe there's a little bit of the echo of the style. We're, we're actually doing the opposite. As we grow in, uh, as we grow as a company, and as we grow in essentially, let's call it capital, we're able to spend more and more, or we've spent more and more to get a product that is better than what we started with. And that's the moment that we're at with the... Uh, with the production intent and the launch edition. So it's, if you liked Alpha in person or you liked it online, you liked Gamma, uh, the Delta and then the production version is just, it's that much better. That's the, uh, the really awesome part for 
the company and the product. Yeah, exactly, because often it's the other way around. I think Elon Musk has said that, you know, a lot of times they'll come out with these concept cars and everybody's just, you know, ooing and aahing over them. And then by the time they actually get around to the vehicle that they're producing, it's a big letdown, which is yes. is upsetting. And it, and it, it, it shouldn't be like that. It, the uh, excitement should only get more, you know, which is, which is great. I think that's what we have. And yeah, any, it, anybody can build a one-off. Right. You know, you can put craft into it. You can put time into it. You can put, you know, finish and all that beauty into a one-off. Great. But how do you make a hundred of them, 500 of them efficiently, 5,000, 20,000, whatever the market will bear. Yeah, and you can actually see uh, one of the interesting things I discovered um, within the last month maybe is, um, you know, Aptera's obviously been thrown into the spotlight and making appearances on shows like Jay Leno's Garage, right? So there you have a unique thing where Jay Leno was able to look at the very early Aptera you know, which was a long time ago. Um, I think in the yes. time when, you know, the first was it maybe it was the Tesla Roadster even um, was or, or the early Model S's. And so you'd see that and he was able to drive that and, and kind of go around uh, with the founders and and talk about that. But then fast forward to today and seeing what you have today. And it really has uh, it's gotten better. You know, and it, it's gotten more attractive and it's gotten more real, for lack of a better term. Well, the math didn't change, right? The math didn't change on the shape. And it's one of those instances from a design standpoint where you go, oh, here's our chance. We're going to change it. We're going to make it better. We're going to improve it. Um, we can't improve the math. The math didn't change. But we can upgrade, let's say, the visual impact and the visual, the, in this case, the style but the style is, again, arrived from, you know, the needs of the solar, the needs of the cooling, the needs of everything else. And then you balance it out with the methodology. Um, you might have seen the animation where the, the, this, the body comes together, mm -hmm. the bank, and then, you know, transforms into the final product. That's essentially what, how, how it's going to go. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be flying through the air right. like, like that. It's going to be in jigs and everything. But when I showed that animation to the founder of CPC Group, he was just smiling because he he's like this is this is beautiful because he's his world is the tools and the parts and the methodology and the production but he doesn't get to see how beautiful his own art is and when i kind of put that in that animation for him he was just loving it right it was so cool and another thing you know yeah you do ev podcasts i live in the ev world um you know working for aptera there are so many people that don't know about aptera and that's our, our marketing part or our outward facing part is like, we have not, let's say, gone viral. There's a big percentage of, the, of, of not just our population, but that just don't know about us. So there's lots of potential to, for people to learn about what this vehicle is and also what it's not, how we're doing it, how, and, and who we're doing it with, and then what all of this all of the elegance in engineering can apply to you know, the health of the company as a brand. Um, there's some very powerful EV brands and they, they're doing the right things. It's, it's a great time for, um, for EVs. Want to hear more of my conversation with Jason Hill? 
Tune in next time to hear the rest of this exclusive interview. Or go to Patreon at patreon.com slash stewsevu to hear the rest much sooner by becoming a member. Help us support our work as we enter into our third year. Remember, please rate, review, subscribe, and share, as that's the only way we can continue to grow. I'm Stuart Unger. See you next time.